Hello, welcome everyone to FMC. I'm Jeremy. This is SP3. What's going on, buddy? <sighs> woke up. Did you, did you stay up and watch the game? Did you watch the whole thing? Yeah. Even when it got oh. even even when it got really really bad, I kept watching it. I tried to like just go to sleep on the couch with it playing in the background, but it was like it was a haunting haunting nightmare. And I woke up this morning thinking, "Oh man, I I I, I guess that that was a nightmare." And then I see your tweet saying we're going to talk about how the Clippers <laughs> sweep uh, the Lakers. So it wasn't a nightmare. Glad to find out. I had full intentions to, to watch this game, and I did up until midway through the third quarter when the Clippers took a 20-point lead, and I'm like, I ain't sticking around for the rest of this. I, I've i seen enough of this Lakers team this year to where I don't need to watch this, this game anymore. I'm pretty sure I know what's going to happen, and I woke up and I checked the score this morning, and it was about a 20-point victory, so I didn't miss much in the final quarter and a half there. Just Reggie Jackson, like, sticking the dagger deeper and deeper, crossing over Westbrook like it's funny, and, you know, doing the pick and roll with Westbrook and LeBron and hitting the three in LeBron's eye. Like, it was just, like, like what what type of – like, I was, like, I put out the tweet, and I'm, I'm officially calling it. Like, take the Lakers out back, pull the trigger. <laughs> it's over. It's the season. call. I'm calling the season. I'm calling the season. There's like what 20, 20 more games. No, we're not playing anymore. They, obviously, but what we saw last night, we're not even playing anymore. So I'm calling the season. I'm not gonna be watching anymore. I'm not gonna stay up late anymore. Like I'm, I'm, I'm hurting myself. My kids wake up at like 5 a.m. and I have to stay up till 1 a.m. to see the Lakers play like this, like That's this. That's why I had to call a game. Like these games don't start until ten. I, I get up at six o'clock every morning. Like I, I can't be staying up until one trying to watch this team and just to, you know, just to say the same things we got to say every week. SV three. There's Reggie Jackson had thirty six points. By the way, it, like fuck Reggie Jackson. I know I say that about a lot of players on this show, but fuck Reggie Jackson. Um, how 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 is this man constantly? killing russell westbrook and really like he's playing great bless him but he's constantly killing the lakers what would you trade for reggie jackson right now how many first round picks would the lakers have to attach to a westbrook for reggie jackson trade at least two now <laughs> at least two like we started off the season with you can probably do it straight up and it's and they they would be like oh we gotta steal we, the, the clippers would have been like we gotta steal but at this point with the way westbrook has played with the team yes the boxer looks great reggie miller but no when you watch the game it just doesn't work the chemistry is not there People like lebron just don't even look like he want to play like i feel no. like he tries to get his numbers but he's not really trying to play the game of basketball, especially when they get down, when they're just like defensively lazy. And that that 30 to freaking six, 30 to six run. That's what I had to watch. It was like torture. Do I mean, does the box score look great for Russell Westbrook? Like these last couple of games, he had like 12 points on 17 shots last night. Like what was the box score for him? It was bad last night. Uh, last night, it was 17 points on 16 shots. That's a little bit better. Eight rebounds, three assists, only two turnovers. That's yeah, that was low good. Yeah, for Russell Westbrook. For him. 
for him. It's just that third quarter is just like our defense is just done. Like they, at this point, at this point, man, you may have to salvage the season by like firing Frank Vogel. Like see, if you're a defensive team and you play like that, and it's continuous, it's happened in multiple different games. This is this is the issue that like I've had with the with the Lakers is they go into the trade deadline, they know they need to make moves, they do absolutely nothing. At some point, you have to show a sign of life and just do something. Like DJ Augustine, bless him. Like that—that's probably not the move you need to make. Cutting DeAndre Jordan was a a, a serviceable move. Like that was actually it showed. Okay, yeah, we're we see that this isn't working. Let's release him. But like, this roster is already bad. Cutting DeAndre Jordan ain't gonna make that big of a splash. At least if you made a trade at the deadline. It would show, hey, we're trying to do something. At least if you fire Frank Vogel, I don't think this is a move that's going to like save the season or anything. But it shows, like, hey, we're trying to do something. We're trying to send some type of message. The, the stuff that doing absolutely nothing and then, oh, yeah, we're just going to let DeAndre Jordan go after he barely plays anymore at this point. We're going to bring in DJ Augustine. It's like, eh. Like these are not moves of a team that is like trying to send any type of message. These are moves of a team of like, hey, let's just try to – Let's just maybe figure something out and hope this works, but we really have no idea of anything we're trying to do. It's it's basically where it's it's like a two uh, a three a three legged race, and the other person is dead, and we're dragging the body to the finish line. That's how the season has been with us. Like we have been on just like one leg or two legs like not enough legs there's not enough legs for us we just aren't playing well together we don't play defense we give up we go on runs and then we give it right back like last night like we made a run at the end of the second quarter and i'm just like all right this is gonna be a game it's only a three-point game at halftime and then they just completely smacked us right back down in the third quarter and this has happened on multiple different occasions um i'm sick of being here on friday mornings and having to talk about the lakers at this point there's no excuses for my lakers i'm done with it i'm pulling the trigger the panic level has exceeded everything. Like, there's no number for it. It's past 100, so I'm done with it. It's 20 games the, ago. Do they make the playoffs? I've, I've really thought about this. Like, they're they're there. They're in the play-in game right now. And by the playoffs, I mean the play-in. Like, they're not getting a, yeah. a top six yeah. seed to, to yeah. secure their playoff spot. I, I mean the, the play-in spot. Like, do they 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 make the play-in spot? Right now, they're, they're ninth. The Pelicans, who beat them, by the way, who who smacked yes. them around, like yes, the Pelicans beat them. The Blazers, they're only two games up on the Blazers. The Blazers are actively trying to tank, and they're two <laughs> games up on them. The Spurs, they're two and a half up on them, like the or they're three and a half up on them. The Spurs can like kind of get a run. I don't think the Spurs are that good, but they might be able to to piece together a little bit of a run. Lakers apparently got the second hardest schedule left. They're two and eight. In their last 10. Two and eight. SB3. How? With, you have with LeBron, LeBron James. James. With LeBron James. That's how bad things have gotten. That LeBron James, it don't matter what numbers he put up. He put up a record of the oldest player to have 20 points in 26 straight games. And yet it doesn't make a difference. We are just pitiful at this point. And there's nothing that LeBron at 37 years old can do to drag us up. 
it's it's rough. There's really not much more to say about the Lakers, honestly. There, there, like, there's nothing for me to say. I have no excuses. There's no <laughs> there's no optimism from me this week. No, no, no. After what I saw last night, there is no optimism. Yes, the the head of the Laker Nation here on here on Fightful Overbook. No, I, I'm I'm waving the white flag, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for me to move on. I will continue watching basketball because I love basketball, but I don't love watching to see my team suffer like this. I know how Knicks fans, like me and Knicks fans talk to each other now, and we have civil <laughs> conversations because the Knicks fans is like, I don't know how this feels. Like the Lakers suck as much as us, and but I can't talk trash because we suck too. I was like, I was like, I know for years y'all have been able to suck. And we've been successful, and y'all still been able to talk trash about us. But now, and you know, we've been good, and y'all been y'all been trash. And I live in New York, so I love talking trash to Knicks fans. Now we're at a place where we just like, man, it's tough watching basketball. Man, I agree with you. Yes, yes, it's just a civil conversation now. You know, it's bad when Lakers and Knicks fans are getting along. That's yes. not. It's not good. It's not at all. <laughs> uh, anything else? In the NBA, have you watched uh, Harden and Embiid kind of destroy everybody? That looks scary. They haven't played anybody where I'm like, ah, oh, okay. Like they played a couple games against the Knicks. You know, we just mentioned the Knicks. Like they, they ain't that yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, they played, they played the the Timberwolves, and that was the first game. The Timberwolves, they're playing better, but that first game was always gonna. They were gonna get that first game Harden boost. I, I'm I'm interested when they do play a good team. Right now, though, that that. That combination looks very deadly, and I'd be worried if I was any team in the East. I, I, I've been saying this for weeks. Ever since the trade went down, I was like, they are they are going to be a problem here. Like I said, the Bucks is probably the best overall team, and they're the defending champions. You got the Heat and the Bulls playing exceptional basketball, but the Sixers with this pickup, this is what people have said for years. Embiid needed. He needed a ball handler who had who had a long range shot who can hit the three, so he can take the double team and pick it. Back Back out and they look like they are perfecting that they're doing the pick and roll they're looking good together Harden actually looks like he's actually trying on defense so that's that's a lot for him so I'll take it but yeah th- this is a team that I feel that has the potential to at least make it to the conference finals and depending on the matchup they could make it to the NBA finals they play they play Cleveland tonight Cleveland's a good team they've come off a, a couple of rough games but Cleveland's good that'll be an interesting game to, to see how they do against an actual good team. Again, the, the Minnesota game, they're always going to get the boost. Two games against the Knicks. It's, it's mm-hmm. the Knicks. But Cleveland's a good team. I think, let me see who else they, they play after that. I feel like they have the Heat coming up Ooh, that's as a good well. Uh, yeah, they have Miami. So it's a back-to-back. They have Cleveland tonight, and then they have Miami, Chicago, uh, and then Brooklyn. And we who knows where, where Brooklyn's going to be. But Kyrie will be uh, – actually, that's – yeah, Kyrie will be able to play. It's in Philadelphia. So Kyrie will play. Okay. Durant's back. I don't know if Simmons is going to be back for that game, but it's a it's a good four-game stretch for them. Yeah. So I think we'll we'll learn a lot about the the Harden and Beat combo in this four-game stretch. Yeah, for sure. Uh KD was looking good in his first game back. He got uh 31. So it, 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 the East is honestly, in my eyes, I think it's gonna be a more interesting and intriguing uh playoffs than the West. 
I felt like the the West, no matter how much we want to say, I think it is going to pretty much come down to the Suns and the Warriors with the Memphis uh, Grizzlies. And I, I don't, yeah, I can't, I can't really throw anybody else into that conversation because I don't healthy, believe in the Jazz. A healthy Nuggets team is scary. Yeah. I know, I know the Nuggets just lost to to the Thunder, and I was I, honestly upset at that loss or at that win. Like, I'm trying to lose as many games as possible. Um, but like a healthy Nuggets team, and I don't know what that looks like because Murray wouldn't have played basketball for a, pretty much an entire year. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. He's been out for more or less the entire season. Jokic is, is obviously playing great. I don't know what a, a fully healthy Nuggets team like looks like because I don't. They, a couple guys got to play them. They're, they're two and three best players. Got to get themselves back into back into work and everything. But. Assuming that team is healthy, firing on the cylinders that we think they can fire on, that's a scary team in the playoffs. A healthy Warriors team, I still kind of favor them um, because Draymond, it, like he clearly means a lot to that team because that team don't look the same without Draymond, especially on defense. The Suns, yes, they're they're going to be there, especially if Chris Paul is there. The I, I like the Grizzlies. I'm worried that they might just be a little too young. It might be a little too soon. Like they're a year away from making the impact that they, they probably need to make. I'm not writing off the Mavericks. I'm not writing off because I'm I'm not writing off Luca. Like that that's a bad dude right there. Like the Porzingis trade is so weird in that it didn't look like it was something they should have done. But now it's almost like an afterthought. Like, oh, yeah, they they had Porzingis, and now they don't, and like, they're still fine. And Luca, that's a dude, like, he's going to be the best player on the floor in any series. And I don't I don't say that lightly because he could go up against Steph Curry, and I'm taking Luca in those games. Like, any series, he's the best player on the floor in the West. I think he's the best player in the West right now. I think it's Luca. So... That's why I'm not right. If you have the best player on the floor, you're always going to have a chance. So I'm not fully writing off the Mavericks. I'm not. I'm, I'm clapping for that because I agree. Luca is better than uh, Jokic. Yeah, <laughs> I've been. I've been getting. Oh, I mean, I've been getting like, heat. I've been getting heat since last time where I said I, Jokic. And uh, but I've been hearing analysts echo what I'm saying. Like Jokic has had a great season, but he's not my top two MVP candidates. I would, I would honestly, at this point where we are now, I would put John Moran ahead of him. I would put Giannis ahead of him. So I mean, DeRo- DeRozan, it's an up in the air type of thing. I have DeRozan at fifth, Jokic at fourth, and then of course number one is Joel Embiid. So, but. I agree, Luca. Overall, when especially when we get to the playoffs, he's going to be the best player. I just don't believe in the Mavericks until they win a playoff series. Like I've seen, I've seen them play well in the regular season. I've seen Luca is a beast, and if we are doing a draft and me and Jeremy are GMs, I'm taking Luca number one. If I get the number one pick, I'm always going to pick Luca because he's young and he's one of the best players in the league. He can be your guy for the next couple of years. So yeah, I agree with you, but. I need to see them win in the playoffs. That's what it all comes down to with the Mavericks. And it's similar to like the Jazz. Like I've seen them make it far, make it make it to the second round, but I haven't seen them make it past there. It's like, don't believe in them. The Nuggets, they aren't really healthy. So, and with you know, without a healthy Murray, I don't think they have a chance to make it far again to the conference finals like they did last time. So it really comes down to those top three teams where Memphis is an unknown. I haven't seen them fail 
So, so that's like I said, like, I, I feel like they have the best chance of being that third team, but it's really like the Suns look like they are going to be in the conference finals at the very least. Warriors have to get it together and they need a healthy team to kind of make it far. But Memphis Grizzlies, I feel like are good defensively and offensively they're explosive and John Morant's having an exceptional season. So that's why I think Memphis is the unknown of it all in the West. They, they definitely are. And Ja, I think he's got another gear in the playoffs too. And that's a that's kind of a, a scary sign. I worry with Memphis, and this is this might sound mean to me. Steven Adams in the playoffs is where I worry because he's a great I've seen this story, SV3. I've seen this story with Steven Adams. Great in the regular season, defensive anchor in the regular season, and it all looks good. And then in the playoffs, you can you can expose that guy. And I love Steven Adams. He's been great for Memphis. He's very good on that team. But I've seen I've seen him get exposed in, in the playoffs, especially recently, the, the bubble season, and then um, the, a couple seasons be, before that. And the, there was a lot of things wrong with the, the bubble season OKC team. That team probably should have beat that Rockets team. But before that, there was a lot more wrong with those teams than, than just Steven Adams. Um, but I've seen you can you can kind of scheme him out. And I wonder how that's going to work. I think they can play. They could probably play Jaron Jackson as a small ball five and might be able to, to get away with things. I just wonder if, you know, the coach has to make that decision. And I've seen it. This is what happened in the bubble with OKC is the better move would have been playing Darius Baisley as a small ball five against the Rockets. And instead it's like, oh, we trust Adams. He's the veteran and everything. It's tough to pull those veteran guys off the floor when they've been so good for you in the regular season. And they, that's just a tough decision you got to make in the playoffs. And, and it's up to the Memphis coach to, to make that decision. So that's where I worry about Memphis is I think they might, I think they might just be a good regular season team for right now. And then in the, the playoffs, I get schemed a little bit, but I do, I, I love Ja, And I, I think he has another level in the playoffs, which is, which is very scary. Um, the Suns, uh, money Mark says it, it's all about Chris Paul being healthy. It really is. Like if Chris Paul is healthy, that team's probably going back to the finals, unless the Warriors are healthy. I I'm not writing off the the Warriors if they're healthy, like Draymond, Clay, Steph Wiggins is the fourth guy at that point. Like that's a really good basketball team when healthy, the, the loss of Draymond, fuck Draymond green. But that's a that's a big loss. I said it. I said it in 2016. Uh, my my friend and I, when uh, OKC was playing the Warriors, and we always do these like hypothetical things, and they're like, if the Warriors just like had one player hurt, that's very mean of us. Like if the Warriors had one player hurt, like who would you want it to be? And he's like, well, Steph. Like you take Steph out, they're just kind of fucked, right? And I'm like, I would want Draymond hurt. Like I w- I want Draymond out of the series like yeah Steph and clay can go off and everything but Draymond their defense would fall apart Steph and clay aren't going to quite get the looks they they would previously like that's the guy who makes that engine run and it, it's been proven a lot this season because anytime he's been down uh the the team has, has fallen off on both ends of the floor so if he's healthy I wouldn't write them off against the Suns 
Yeah, Draymond is definitely the glue guy of that Warriors team. He's the he's the guy that leads the defense. He's their vocal leader as well. And that's like a lot of the, the mental thing. Like, you know, Steph is a leader on the floor because he's one of the best players in the league. But we don't see that really with like Clay. So Steph kind of needs that kind of like dog by him. Like you got you got the pristine leader, but yeah, you don't have the the dog that is Draymond Draymond Green. So I feel like he's kind of the glue of that team. So yeah, I do agree with you. They're not going to be the same, and they're not going to make it far into the playoffs without Draymond. I see Clay is getting is getting uh, healthy, and he's been playing uh, well as of late. But they're not playing well as a team. So that just it's just been breaking apart for them. But. I think Memphis might move up. It might move up to the, at least the number two seed because of the Warriors falling off with this injury. I mean, they got a shot. They're, they're, they're one back in the loss column right now, but it doesn't look like the, the Warriors are like improving at this point. And Memphis is, if nothing else, they've been rather consistent this season. They definitely have a shot at the two seed. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. The Warriors, it really is just about health for them. Like, I don't think they're too worried about their seeding. As long as they get into the playoffs healthy, they probably like their chances against any team. And I like their chances against any team if they get in healthy. Yeah, I said this at the beginning of the season. I had them as like a fifth seed or a fourth seed, but I had them still making it to the to like the conference finals or something like that. So they they have all the potential to be the NBA champions this year. Um, in the East, I'm just looking, it's, it's still pretty much the same when it comes to the East. So here's a, here's a, here's a debate me and my friend were having, and we, we had it a little bit last year and I want to, I want to toss to you. There's a couple of hypotheticals we, we kind of did. So the first one is, are you taking Ja or Trey? Like you're, you're starting a team. It's completely fresh. You don't know who your number two guy is, by the way. Um, maybe I'll throw a hypothetical of like who the number two guy would be. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be like John Collins or Jaron Jackson. Cause we've seen, um, both those guys play the, your number two guy is let's say like Julius Randall. Okay. Your number two guy is Julius Randall. Okay. Are you taking Ja or Trey? Julius Randall. Probably I'm taking Trey. That's only a situational thing. It's only because it's Julius Randall and you. Okay, wanna... okay, okay. Take, 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 take Randall out of the equation. Just like you're starting a team straight from up. scratch. Oh, yeah, then I'm taking Jaw. I'm taking Jaw because I feel like yeah. he. Yeah, I feel like he's more. He, I feel like he has the potential to be really great on both ends of the court. Whereas Trey is going to be a great offensive player. I don't know overall throughout his career how he's going to be defensively i haven't seen anything that really jumps out to me that says he's going to be a great defensive player while ja i do see that and that has a lot of leadership qualities as well to go along with it i want to and he has seen like he hasn't had the playoffs that trey had you know a couple of years ago um but he definitely has shown that he steps his game up like you said he goes to another level in the postseason so I think I'm going to go with Ja. See, I'm not mad at anybody that picks Ja Morant, especially after the season that he's had. And Money Mark says a bigger and better defender. Yeah, like Trey's just never going to be a good defender. It's just, it's not going to happen. Ja certainly has the tools. Uh, Memphis's defense, I believe, is worse with him on the floor. Like when he was out, their defense got much better. Um, yeah. So I, I'm not saying Ja is like some elite defender. I think he yeah. could be. I, I do worry there's a little bit of, of Westbrook there and like he has the tools to be a great defender, 
but he's just he does so much offensively that he's not just gonna like really exert it uh you know 100 percent of the time which is fine um i think people really discount how good trey young is like that's a it's a garbage team i realize defensively he is a big problem there but his numbers offensively i people write this guy off man he's still an elite shooter he's still an elite playmaker i think if if you're taking trey it can be very steph like like you gotta really build a defense around this guy i think you can when it comes to job like there's more pieces that fit around him you don't have to totally go with okay i need to go like all in on defense you can kind of you have more more people you can pluck from pluck from uh (laughs) pluck from as far as your your talent pool whereas if you're going trey you really got to be mindful of like all right i need like good defenders and good shooters i i just don't write off trey like everybody else has i i know the the hawks aren't good this year uh they picked up a big big victory last night by the way against the bulls um but like i know they're they haven't been good this year i don't think it's this big gap that like everyone seems to make it out to be this season no no i don't think there's a big gap between those uh players at all like i said i just feel like job potentially and not right now but potentially can become a great defender and be a like an all defensive player while Trey is going to be an all, he's going to be an, maybe an all NBA player. He's going to be a 30 point scorer, but he ain't going to do that on defense. So it depends on, you know, which player. Like you said, if you had Julius Randle, I was like, maybe I, I would put Trey Young over, over John Moran. But if it's just straight up right now, I have both players in front of me. I'm going to take Ja because I feel like he can do more. And, and that's fair. Like, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at anybody that picks John Morant. I'm a little little hurt by the Trey Young disrespect this season. I don't even know why. Like I like I said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm I'm not a Knicks fan. I live in New York. So Trey Trey Young is one of my favorite players <laughs> in the league. But they did to the Knicks. Oh man, you don't know how upset I was when they celebrated one playoff win. I was like, you know how embarrassing it is to be from New York? Like, especially if you're a Laker fan from New York and you see that, like we they in, in LA, they celebrate championships. They don't they have parades for championships, they don't have parades for one win in the goddamn play oh we haven't been here in a while it's been get this way sp3 is dropping the gd where's the swear jar where's the swear jar everybody? it's been eight years it's been eight years you know how long sacramento's been waiting <laughs> i guarantee you sacramento is not gonna have the the jamaican day parade outside of their arena if they win a playoff game they're gonna wait till they win a series at least <laughs> I think they're gonna hang a banner. They they yeah, won one playoff game. Yeah, they'll hang a banner. They'll hang a banner. That's what they will do. They ain't gonna have a damn parade in front of the the freaking arena. That was embarrassing. <laughs> um, I I love Trey. I I think he's great. I want that guy on on my team. I, that dude can do so much offensively, defensively. Yeah, yeah he sucks. My money mark says uh he needs his clay. Like they kind of thought Kevin Werther was that guy and he, he's not that team like they they caught some breaks last year obviously um but that team really fell off this year i don't think it's too too surprising because i don't think anybody thought they were like conference finals good again yeah. it is a little surprising just how bad they fell off because i thought they'd at least be like a you know back in that like four to six spot and yeah. they 
Like they're they're gonna get. In, I think they'll get into the play-in game. I think they're better than Washington if they can't over over like if they can't beat Washington, then they got some issues. Um, but defensively, yeah, that team is an absolute mess. Yeah, I think I had them like maybe like fifth or sixth because I had the Nets, I had the Bucks, I had the Heat, Sixers somewhere in there. So yeah, those it was like the Hawks was like right behind those teams. So. No, hasn't hasn't worked out. But screw screw my preseason uh, rankings. I had the Lakers <laughs> at number one. So Kendrick Perkins had him winning seventy games. I don't think you were that high on him. Yeah, I wasn't that high on them. <laughs> I knew it would be a learning curve. I knew it would start off rough. They're still I didn't. I didn't they get they need after games school. in. They, they need to summer school. They need after school. They don't even need to go home. They need to live at the school. That's how much they need to learn. SP three. They need nonstop tutoring, around the clock <laughs> tutoring. Oh man, this is—they like, can't even sleep. They just got—they just got to keep learning because I don't know if they're ever going to be caught up. They need a cheat sheet. They need to write the the <laughs> plays on their wrist so they know <laughs> what to do. They need the water bottle with the answers written inside of it. You ever pull that trick in school? Where you would take the take the label off the water bottle and write it on there so you could see see what it was. I would keep the answers. Oh, go ahead. They need Michael Secret stuff. That's what they need. You talk about water bottles. They need Michael Secret stuff. I'm sorry. I would, I would take the answers on the, the calculator. The T83, whatever. Do you use that? The, the graphing calculator? You can, you can type on that thing. So we'd put the answers on that. That's how I cheat in school. You know, secrets everybody. Yeah. Look, man, you got it. Bill Belichick, right? What Cartman teach us? You got to cheat. What Eddie Guerrero teach us? You got to cheat, man. All right. I don't I was, care. You got to cheat. Oh, I, we should mute you. You said Eddie Guerrero. That's a wrestling <laughs> reference. <laughs> oh, shit. <All> right. <laughs> yes, it's happened, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. This is this is the, the piece, the piece that I have right now because he uttered the name of a wrestler. It's great. I gotta abide by my own rules. I gotta, I gotta mute myself if, if I, if I do that. Uh, the call up says we, we just having a bad year next year. Lakers taking the chance. Come on, come on. With who? With who? You know what? I, I am gonna be like that. I mean, I'm gonna be like that in the off season. We make one move, and I'm gonna be like, yo, the Lakers is back. You're gonna see all the tweets, all the Lake Show tweets that I put out. But not, or not right now. I, I ain't that the call up. I'm sorry. They're going to have an older LeBron James. I'm sure he's still going to be great, but they're going to have an older LeBron James. Anthony Davis ain't getting healthy. Like, I'm sorry. That man. You got to trade AD at this point. I don't know if they're going to do that, but like, I think that that man ain't going to be healthy. I don't know what you're, I don't know what you're getting for Russell Westbrook because he's opting into that contract. He ain't opting out. So that's a big contract. You're going to somehow have to trade. It's tradable. He's been traded five times in the past three seasons, so it's tradable. But you got to attach picks to that. I don't know if they're willing to do that. I don't know what. I'm sure the Lakers have some type of master plan. LeBron will have have lunch with somebody and convince him to come there and think it's all great. He'll, he'll convince D Wade to come out of retirement. It's like, yeah, live in L.A. Gabriel Gabriel's out here. I think he's actually in Miami, but like, it'll be good, man. Everybody will be like, oh man, Wade, LeBron. Who else is LeBron friends with? Whoever a clutch client is, we'll just sign all those guys. Who's on the clutch roster? Let's look this up. They're going to do Russell Westbrook, 
and the 2027 pick, THT, and uh, Reeves for Bam Adebayo. Okay. And then everything solved. Here we go. Here we go. Lonzo balled. Obviously not getting Lonzo. Baisley, my God, Baisley. They could have Baisley. I don't know what they're giving up to get Baisley, but I'm not. He's actually been really good for us coming off the bench. Um, he has. He, he'd really help their defense, too. He's he's turned into a tremendous defender. Eric Bledsoe, there you go. He's an old guy who LeBron would probably love. He's 32. He fits the Lakers demographic. They can sign Eric Bledsoe. Uh, who else? You gotta, we got to look for guys over 30 because LeBron. Oh, will Draymond. You, will you stop? I, I hope this is not. guys over 30. Stop, stop letting <laughs> LeBron play GM. You know what worked out for us? You know why we won a championship? two years ago is because Rob Palinka put together that team. When you started letting LeBron have input on who you wanted, we got older and older. We got Westbrook and it's been all downhill since. I'm sick of this. Stop doing this. LeBron is not a good GM until he, until he retires and wants to get a team himself. Do not let him near personnel uh, moves because he's not very good at it. It's been a law of diminishing returns ever since LeBron has got involved in front office affairs. Draymond. Draymond. Okay, here's here's the, here's the trade for you. Here's the trade for you, SP3. You ready? Draymond Green and Andrew Wiggins for Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook. Who says oh, no? God. What? <laughs> Who what? says no? I'm says saying no? no. I'm saying Why? no right now. No. No, I'm not that big on Andrew Wiggins. I think this is a one-year mirage. I think we're living in a in a fever pitch. With you're getting Wiggins. look, you're getting off the Westbrook. I think this is a good trade for the Lakers. I don't think the Warriors do it, but like you get Anthony Davis, that's that's pretty good. I want to see Westbrook, Clay, and Steph on the same team. I think that would just be a train wreck waiting to happen. And then Anthony Davis is going to be hurt. But come on, that's a great trade. You want chaos. That's all I do. Want. I love it. I love it. It's great. Come on. That's a that's a great trade. I ain't doing it. I'll Draymond, no. great defender. Draymond, great defender. Andrew Wiggins, very good defender. He's a good defender. What's he shooting from three? He's better. He's, he's better in this spot than Westbrook is. I mean LeBron can yeah. have the ball in his hands the entire time. Pretty good. I love this trade. I'm gonna put it out. I'm gonna put it out there on on Twitter. Yeah, I don't have yeah, enough basketball it, followers, but put it on Twitter anyway, just based off names. See what he's shooting. Say. He's shooting forty percent from three. Andrew Wiggins. He can space the floor. He can play defense. This is a great I'll do, trade. I'll, I'll do Westbrook and Tht for Wiggins. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm. THT and the and the 2027 pick. I'll throw THT. in the 20. I'll throw in the 2027 pick. <laughs> THT isn't good, man. He's not I'll good. throw in Malik Monk, one of the leading scorers off the bench. I'll throw in Malik Monk. Westbrook Davis for Wiggins, Draymond. Who says no? All right. Just threw that out there on Twitter. We had more basketball followers. That's why I became famous in the basketball circles, but now uh, not as much. Who else is a Rich Paul client? Who's over thirty? Corey Joseph, he's thirty. Oh, I so guess we're he's only aiming for Rich Paul clients. Yeah, that's all LeBron wants to play with. Just Rich Paul clients. Nurkic, Nurkic is twenty-seven. I feel like he was I'll at least Nurk- thirty-five. <laughs> he plays like he's thirty-five. Yeah, um, he'd I'll fit take, the Lakers. I'll take, yeah, I'll take Nurkic. He'd fit the Lakers. 
J.R. Smith, bring him back. Tristan Thompson. No, good. no. I don't want that drama. I don't want that Kardashian drama. <laughs> See, John Wall. John Wall's a rich ball client. They, they're going to make this John Wall trade. Oh, they 100% God. are going to make this John when Wall is trade. When does his deal expire? Um, John Wall will be a free agent. Where's his contract information at? I'm on Spot Rack. Oh, no, I'm on Real GM. I thought they had contract stuff on here. Jesus. Why is, why is stuff so difficult? <laughs> v trying to navigate um, websites is, is tremendous, tremendous content. All right, hold on. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> All right, here we go. Spot, spot wreck. This is where I should have gone. John Wall will be a restricted, an unrestricted free agent, sorry, at the end of, of next season. So he has a player option okay. this season. So he has a player option coming up. I imagine... Much like Westbrook, he opts in. So they're on pretty similar deals. Is they yeah. both got player options coming up that they're probably going to opt into because no other team is play, paying them forty-seven million. No, no, that would be the wise decision is to opt in on that deal. But no, we don't want a different version of Westbrook. I don't. I don't want to do that. I'm not with that at all. So I, I'm not interested in any rich ball clients. I'm not interested in LeBron making personnel decisions. Let Rob Palenka do his thing. He was the agent of Kobe for a reason, man. Come on. He did it. He put the team together after magic, like salt, throw, throw dirt on his name. And he put together a championship team. We won the chip. And then you let LeBron into the front office and it's been chaos ever since what's the best rich paul team you can come up with so we've got lebron okay. we've got davis draymond yeah. zach levine that's a, he, he's there and he's my two he, probably ben simmons probably ben simmons a lot of size on that yeah. team well, not much what, what point guards he got what not not much shootings uh point guards you've got lonzo like lonzo is probably the best point guard you're gonna get out of this game yeah. He's probably the best three-point shooter out of the people you just named, too. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, actually. Maxey's oh, okay. good. Yeah, Maxey's good. Um, Maxie. So, Oh, Deontay Murray. Deontay Murray's there. Sorry. Okay. Oh, Deontay yeah, Murray's yeah, nice. yeah. I think Miles John, John Bridges. You can actually put together a really good roster with the Rich Paul teams. Yeah. Rich Paul is the Ari Gold of NBA <laughs> players, man. He gets all – he's the lead agent. Well, we'll get to we'll get to uh, entourage here in a second. I want to ask one more hypothetical that my friend and I were going through, and this might hurt you because it's the 2008 Celtics team. Are you taking the 2008? Is the seven game series 2008 Celtics? This is the Rondo, Pierce, KG, uh, um, and yeah, I, Ray I, know, I know them way too well. Yes. They're the team <laughs> that beat my Lakers in 2008 because Paul Pierce decided to use the bathroom in Game One when we had the advantage. <laughs> Are you taking the the 2008 Celtics or the the Bucks, the the championship Bucks in, in a seven game series? Hmm, that's a good question. Really good question. Um, I'll probably go with the Celtics. Like in a seven game series, it's a seven okay. game series. It's going down to yes. to the stretch because I was gonna say like Giannis is just this unstoppable force, but 
KG, man, KG, he had a little bit left, a little bit of his prime left in 2008. So that's a, that's at least a challenge for him that's going to do at least push him back. Leonis is going to get his numbers regardless, but KG is going to at least push him back. And then on the other side of the court, he's going to get 10 and 10 at the very least. And then you got, you got, and then it's a matchup of basically who do you want, Drew Holiday and Chris Milton, or you want Ray Allen and Paul Pierce? I'll take Ray Allen and Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce is a horrible analyst and commentator on basketball. But in 2008, <laughs> he was a very good scorer. And Ray Allen is one of the best shooters ever. So I like the Bucks, And I don't – it's not that I dislike this Celtics team. I think Giannis is the best player on the floor, yes. first off. I think that dude's unstoppable. Um, Middleton and Pierce is probably is, is close to me. It's close. I don't trust either coach. I really don't. I'd actually lean towards Middleton over Pierce. I'm not a big Paul Pierce fan. I, I'd imagine you're not either. Um, yeah. like, I, I'm, just, I'm not high on him. Ray Allen, like Ray Allen's kind of the difference maker because Rondo and Drew, Ro- Drew's obviously a, a better shooter, uh, but like playoff Rondo was a thing back in the mm-hmm. day. Great defender. Like that's a very good defensive team. Both teams are really good defensively. I'm just I'm I'm not doubting Giannis in that series though. I think he finds a way. I think he like Kendrick Perkins was like Kendrick Perkins, but he, he was better than he turned out to be the, the next couple seasons in OKC and everything. I think that's a team that really just takes advantage of of having that old Kendrick Perkins out there. Because you got Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez is stretching the floor. You have PJ Tucker. As well, like let's not like that dude was very valuable in the playoffs for for Milwaukee. Like he's a difference maker as a, as a defender and a, and a three point shooter. Hey, Celtics had big baby coming off the bench. True, so, like, but this was, was kind of nice. Yo, he was, was nice, nice in those days, and I think that didn't the o, did the O eight team have Nate coming off the bench for Rondo or was it the O nine O? Um, let me let me look. You should know they beat they beat your Lakers in the finals. Man, I, I it's all a blur <laughs> after Paul Pierce went to use the bathroom. I didn't want to remember any of those games, especially that game, <laughs> that game six where we got marked in uh Boston, man. That was just like that was sad. They they had trick or treat Tony Allen. It doesn't look like they they had Nate. But de- off defensively, yo, they have like Tony Allen. Defensively, they were really good. Oh, come on, yeah. like defensively, I'm taking I'm taking the Celtics. I do agree with you. Giannis is the best player on on the court, but he's he's probably better defensively than what LeBron was at that time. But I don't think he's better offensively. And LeBron lost in seven games to the Celtics. So I think it's going to be a seven-game series. the team series. is better. Come on now. The team is better. Oh, of course. Than... Of, of course. Yeah. Of course. I'm not I'm not saying I'm just comparing the two teams, the best. And Kobe. Kobe was, I think, offensively and defensively on par with, with Giannis. And Kobe couldn't beat them. And he had he I think I think the late the 08 Lakers would give the Bucks a series. I think the Bucks would win in seven, but they're barely beating that Lakers team and the Celtics beat them. I'm taking the Celtics. I can't argue against the Celtics. That was a great team. Bucks and six. That's that's my argument. Bucks and six. And, okay. Oh my god, thank you. Uh single blue note. They had white Kobe. <laughs> they had Scalabrini. Come oh, on, god. man. You can't you can't get you can't god. get by Scalabrini and Cassell. <laughs> one of the top five ugliest players in NBA history, Sam Cassell. <laughs> Come on. He's he's that's mean. 
I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm being honest. It was voted. I think it was. I think I saw that voted. He's not Tyrone Hill, to be fair. So. <laughs> I do think he was voted ugliest players. The only thing I mean, Sam Cassell was a very good player. I only remember the Jada yeah. Kiss line. Uh, I make bucks in Milwaukee because like Sam I Cassell. That's the line that always sticks out to me. Yeah, Jada I Kiss, top, top five better alive. That's just off one LP. I just love that uh, the 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 OG Big Three before Big Three was a thing. Well, I mean the Celtic Big Three, there was that, but like modern era, it was uh, the Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks. They used to call their Big Three the original Big Three with Ray Allen, uh, Glenn Big Baby. Uh, no, was it no Glenn Big Dog Day, uh, Big Dog Robinson, and yeah. Sam Cassell. Uh, how'd that Big Three work out for them? Uh, they made it to a conference finals against <laughs> Allen Iverson in 01 when, man, not even my Lakers could, could get by just sweeping <laughs> Allen Iverson. One of the greatest uh, uh, NBA finals games of all time. Yeah. Allen Iverson was a bad dude, too. I love that he actually likes the NBA yes. nowadays, unlike a lot of these people. My friend is telling me that, like, I saw, I saw Tracy McGrady trashing Giannis of like, oh, he wouldn't, he wouldn't do well. Who else yeah, yeah. Even Shaq, Shaq had to tell him like, you're bugging. Like, you know, he was calling Tracy out on a bunch of stuff because Tracy was like, oh, I should have won MVP in 03. He was talking all types of greasy stuff. I was like, is this Tracy McGrady or Scottie Pippen? Charles Oakley was like Giannis. Look, man, you could put Giannis in any era. That dude was going to dominate. Mm-hmm. He probably dominate more in past eras because yeah, guys were bigger and stuff, but like he's a freak athlete and he he would he would just get to the rim so much and like he, physically he'd be fine. I'm, I'm not worried about this guy like not holding up physically or anything, especially in an era where like the three ball wasn't as prevalent and everything, and you didn't have spacing and whatnot. Giannis thrives off of no spacing. He's been dealing with no spacing his entire career. Giannis is dominating in an era. Oh hell yeah! And then like you have to realize that this this league before our eyes has become a big man league again. Like look at the look. Arguably, the top three players in the league is Embiid, Giannis, and Jokic. Like that that's the three big men. And then you got a whole bunch of other guys you can like throw into the mix that could be good or could get better. Like Bam out of bio Zion, if he's ever healthy, there's a whole bunch of guys you can throw into that conversation. So big man is on the Renaissance, but people are always going to sleep on whoever is currently in the best player in the world conversation. We did this for years with, with LeBron. People tend to forget they did this for years with Kobe. And now it's just Giannis turn. They did this with Steph Curry as well. They always, people still to this day want to deny the greatness of Steph Curry. So they're going to, it's now Giannis turn to take that. heat. Yeah, it's unfortunate because Giannis is, you know, as, as good as he certainly is. Steph Curry he needs a good playoff series for me. What? <laughs> <laughs> when was when Steph, when was Steph Curry good in a playoff series? He needs a good finals, I guess. He's no, beating he... up on bad teams. He needs a good finals. No, he hasn't. Oh, come on. No port you talking Portland now, yes, but Portland, that Portland series. Uh, yeah, Portland was overmatched. Portland was overmatched. They didn't have Clay. Then they didn't have didn't I think they didn't have Clay in that series. I thought Steph was hurt that series. Nah, they did. I think they didn't have uh, Clay in that. I'm talking about 2019. 
I think they oh. didn't have Clay in that series. Or no, they didn't have KD in that series. Oh, they, yeah. they were Portland yeah. was still overmatched. Who gives a fucking? They didn't have KD. They didn't have. They didn't need KD. They needed KD. He's a part they of the team. They did not need He's Kevin Durant. NBA Finals MVP. Of course they needed KD. Fuck him. They didn't need Kevin Durant. All right. He's a central figure. That was a 4-0 series. That was a 4-0 series. Portland was only and there. And he dominated. Portland was only there because they got a terrible Thunder team, and then they lucked out against the Nuggets. And they got swept by the Warriors because that, that wasn't that wasn't a good Portland team. Look, Steph was good. He had 30, he had 35 plus in every single game. Uh, but as far as point, or as far as finals, why hadn't he won finals MVP? <laughs> You you said playoffs. You didn't say finals. Now I meant finals. Oh, if we're talking about finals, I would have gave it to him on the last one the Warriors won. I didn't think I thought KD had a great game three and game four, but games one and two, I thought Steph Curry was the MVP. Yeah, it's real it's really tough when you're playing next to Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. And for Kevin Durant, it's really tough when you're playing next to Curry and Clay. What's Clay? What's what's Steph doing this season with the the supposed no help? He's got Clay. He's got Andrew Wiggins, All Star Andrew. What? Why can't he? Why can't he do anything this season? He's doing Steph well. Curry. Steph Curry's the most overrated player. In oh history. my God! What type of blasphemy <laughs> are you trying to are you trying to pull here, sir? What type What type of uh, shenanigans is going on? Like even even with them losing ridiculous games, like he had sixteen. What? No, wait. He had twenty one against the Mavericks. He had thirty four against the Timberwolves. He had twenty seven against the Mavericks before that. 18 against against the Trailblazers, even on a bad night. 18, 14 assists, five rebounds. He's filling up the box the box score. How dare you throw? Oh, I filled up the box score. Who cares if you're filling up the box? Russell Westbrook filled up the box score for years. Didn't win anything. My man, he's averaging 25 points on 38% from three, six and a half assists, one steal, five block, five rebounds. Are you are you kidding me? I'm just slandering Steph Curry for the fun of it. I know, and I don't like it. I will not accept. <laughs> Why? It. Wait, when? When? I didn't realize you were such a big Steph Curry fan. I'm not a big Steph Curry fan. I just respect the man. I think that he is number two all time at point guard. Yeah, Magic. Two. I assume. Of course, of course. Yeah. I got. I got to stay loyal to my Lakers. Of course. Yeah. I, I can't even like. I really can't even argue that. I'm not even sure. I mean, I like I'm always gonna ride for Steve Nash because that's my aside from Jordan, that's my my favorite player of all time. So like I'm always gonna ride for Steve Nash, but like I can't even argue that it, Steph Curry isn't the the second best point guard of all time. And like if you want to put him over Magic, I wouldn't. Uh, but because they do different things, like it's even kind of tough to to argue. Like if you want to argue Steph over Magic, there's certainly an argument yeah, for it to to be made. The way he changed the game, like that—that's yeah. the big—that's the big thing. Like Magic did himself at a time, but he did it more for like the culture, more than anything, more than just like on the court changing the game with the way he was playing. Like this completely became a three-point shooting league because of Steph Curry. So, and that's why I will always he ruined the game. SP three, always ruined the game by taking all of these threes. Ruin, you say ruin, I say revolutionize. So, 
ruined it. Isn't that the argument? He ruined the game by taking all of these threes. I'm just uh just hot taking on all this now. I dude, I watched these Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith clips. Did you watch the the one? It's like Mad Dog Russo and Stephen A. Smith where he, uh, they're talking about like top top ten guys and so he's like. Bill Russell, you gotta take Bill Russell on this. Oh man, so these shows are just there's something else. I got, I gotta start, I gotta start watching those again. You set me down a rabbit oh. hole of watching old around the horn uh clips. Like, oh, I, so I, I, I was trying to do my best Woody Page <laughs> uh, uh mannerisms during the show because I was I did a around the horn binge before we did pillar to post. So <laughs> I've been watching a bunch of that stuff. You got you gotta watch these hot take shows, man. Oh, the stuff course. Stephen A and, and Skip Bayless, and now they got Mad Dog on there. Like the stuff they just start yelling about is just it's high high entertainment. So that's what I was going with the uh, Steph Curry. I should have committed more to the bit and not just talked in on the bit. At one point, I'll, I'll start doing that. I'm just gonna. So do this is this is a new show, hot take. No, 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 no. no. I mean, there is oh. like first take and stuff. I have yeah, no yeah. idea. Like what what these shows are, I I think they're just like arguing on Sports Center at this point. I just see these clips online, and then they just <laughs> pop me so much. Like yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start doing that on the, on the show. I'm gonna really commit to it, and I'm gonna get clipped up, uh, and I'm gonna become famous in NBA circles just with the these takes. That's what, that that's that's what we need to do. Like we devote we devote like 50 plus minutes to the NBA. We just need people to start clipping us and yes. our, our, our opinions. Like people yeah. people who are coming at me hard for 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 saying that Jokic wasn't in the top two MVP. People were saying like I said that he sucked, and I never said that. It's a, it's a dangerous game, like, going down there. Because if it's stuff you don't believe, then, like, you've either got to commit to it or you got to let everybody in. If you let everybody in, then, of course, like, it, it loses it loses, loses some notoriety. He's like, oh, well, this guy's actually faking. Like, I, I don't know if Skip Bayless believes a lot of stuff that he says, but he's so committed to it at this point that it really doesn't. And same with Stephen A. Smith. Like, they're so committed to it at this point that it really it doesn't matter. Like that's how how far you have to take it. I tried to commit to a troll account. This is back when I didn't like Chris Paul, uh, when he was like on the Rockets and like super annoying and shit. Like I was just just this Chris Paul like stan account, and like I was just going everybody like anybody slandering Chris Paul. I was arguing with them, just like tweeting a bunch of Chris Paul hot takes and stuff, just to see like how many followers I could get and how much like notoriety I could get with this stuff. It's kind of scary how you can just go from like zero followers to a couple hundred just like arguing with people on Twitter and just like yelling these hot takes stuff. It really is. I kind of, I think the future for FMC is us having a Twitter account where we just put hot take tweets. Oh, we That's should do this. <laughs> we should do this. That's what it's going to be. Oh, we're, we're going to make an FMC Twitter account and we are, we're just going to spout off like, nba hot takes on that thing that that's how that's how you gotta get over you you do hot takes i mean we see it i'll I'll mute myself here in a second but we we see it actually i won't say the word uh we see it in other genres where people just like they just do like hot takes and fake news and just like clips and stuff and they got like thousands of followers and shit and it's like these accounts suck like they really suck but they they get all of these followers because people love that shit like they they absolutely love that shit that's what we're gonna we're gonna have to do um, with with FMC. We're just gonna become an NBA 
hot take account. It's going to be tremendous. <laughs> oh, this is going to be so much fun. We're going to rob the flames. There'll All be right. some stuff I, we wanted to put on my own Twitter, but I'm like, I don't really want to get in these, these NBA forums. Like I, have a, I follow a bunch of Laker accounts, and those dumb stuff is depressing right now, but I'll be <laughs> wanting to answer people, but I'll be like, nah, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. I got kids. I got, I got, I, I got other things I need to focus on. Yeah, we, we won't even like put our our Twitter handles like in the account. It'll just be like people won't even won't even know. I mean, once I guess they see the show and stuff, they'll get it. But hopefully, people will realize that like it's part parody, but like part not. I don't. Know. We'll, we'll have to figure this out. I'm actually excited to do this. I'm gonna set this Twitter account up. By the way, I might I might really like we might really just put like other people's like I'm gonna quote people like oh yeah that's the thing that's the thing like you gotta you gotta like quote tweet accounts you gotta like reply to accounts and stuff I've actually wanted to like do this so like um we still have like television to talk about um I wanted to do this last year because like I will like I'll tweet about you know sports and stuff like the the abs my hockey team like. I'll tweet about them and especially during the playoffs, like I'll get super agitated and stuff if, if things are going well. And so I'll just, I'll, I'll be, I'll be mad up to like, Oh, it'd be cool if like Nathan McKinnon, the best player, like if he showed up and stuff, like he's not playing bad or anything, but he's not playing like best player in the world. And then like, I'll just have like abs fans and stuff like come at me with this stuff. And I will take it like super personally. Cause I'm like, I'm just venting. You know, like I'm just venting on yeah. Twitter and like, I don't need that shit on my personal account. So like this, we set this up as almost like a troll venting account where it's like, we can just argue with people, but it's easier not to take it personally when it's yeah. not like our actual personal accounts behind <laughs> it. So we're just going to use this account for all of our like sports hot takes, whether it be basketball, football, hockey, people will know if it's hockey stuff, I- I'm tweeting it. Like we'll, yeah. we'll use it for our venting and, and our, our, our personal hot takes and stuff so we're gonna we're, i'm gonna set this up I'll, I'll i'll create a gmail account and stuff i'll give you access to it and this we're gonna great. have our our sports hot take account sv3 and i i'm so excited for this this is like the best news. this is the best news since last week when you said we're doing fmc <laughs> weekly so, so we're, i am here for all of this um let's let's get into the television we're we're gonna start with south park because you you dm me last night it was like you gotta watch south park this week like five minutes in my jaws on the floor it went there it's like i'm gonna watch it tonight i'm i'm on uh ep and i are actually watching entourage right now um and so i watched south park after i watched the first two episodes of entourage they definitely went there uh i didn't here's the thing i didn't like think they wouldn't go there because it's south like this is what yes. they do right like they're going to touch on this war uh they're gonna touch on this stuff because it's south park it's what they do uh the way they went there i didn't think it was bad and maybe they probably could have pushed it further honestly yeah but the fact that you know the the thing with i'm not i'm not getting into politics and war and everything but the the big thing of what people are saying is like putin realizes that or thinks he's like on his last legs and he's like, fuck it. I'm just going to start a war and cause chaos because why wouldn't Vladimir Putin do that? Uh, and so that was sort of the theme of the episode is like, we get it. You're old. Your dick doesn't work. Like you don't have to do this shit. Like just, just face reality. 
That was the best ending. To it. it was just like, yo, they dead ass was just like, yo, we're gonna, we're gonna call Putin out. We're gonna call it like we see it, like everyone sees it, like we've been seeing it on the news. And yeah, like I was like, I didn't, yeah, I did expect them to go there, but the way they went there, like I was confused at first. I was like, I thought Mackie was like a secret, like spy or something like that, and then he thinks that the principal's a spy. Like it's a whole bunch of. Then it involves like the horse and stuff so i was very confused at the opening that's why i had i had a message job because when they be like south park back to the cold war <laughs> and i was like they introduced like the, the horses the scotches and butters and i'm like all right i gotta hit these guys up because we gotta talk about this tomorrow <laughs> see the the butters introduction with the horses and stuff i thought that was hilarious where you know, America is just, it's like shitting on itself. And, you know, it, it the, the horse with the, the horse visual fucking was just <laughs> something else, by the way. Um, like, I thought that stuff was good. And then the Rocky ending where it's like, oh, yeah, he knocked him out and everything. Like, they're playing off of, of Rocky with all of that. So I thought they could have pushed it further in that the main four, Stan Cartman, Kyle Kenny, like, weren't featured at all. And you yeah. know they could have really done some shit with those four, and they just decided like it was just a Mackie and Butters centric kind of episode. And Butters is even usually a little bit more not not a, I mean, he was very aloof in this, but it was very much a a Mackie episode, which was which was strange. But I I sort of I sort of get it. I guess Mackie would be kind of Cold War ish. I thought Garrison could have actually played that role, but they they used him. In a different role. I didn't mind it. It it had some funny moments. Obviously, they would touch on that stuff. Hey, it feels like they just left something on the table, though. Yeah, and and I feel like they only did that because they know this uh, thing is just getting started, and yeah. you know, with their serial seasons, that it might be something that they bring back up again or make another episode about if hopefully everything is uh, stops and gets resolved, you know, they're going to follow this up with another episode. So I, I, I do, I, I do agree with you. They left a little bit on the table for sure. And I wish it was, I, this is, there's some episodes that I wish were longer. And this was like one of them. Cause I, I felt like they could have gone more in depth with everything. I, I, even after the episode, I was like, I don't know if it was good, but it definitely made me think and understand what's going on and pay more attention to it because, you know, it, South Park connecting everything is always very nice and it does pop me and it popped me in the first five minutes when I was like, they're really going there. Okay. All right, cool. <laughs> I do. I do think you're right in that they might've left some stuff on the table because it's probably not much. And, and look, it's South Park's not afraid of this stuff. It is sometimes tough to make it go comedy. I thought they, they left stuff on the table with like Putin in general. And this is where maybe they, they will circle back to this because get, they, they, there's not much end at some point. I, or hopefully it does end, but hopefully it ends soon. But it doesn't look like it right now. Because like when they do kind of like leaders like this, like we've seen it with, with Saddam and Osama, like they really, they've even, they've done Putin before. Like they yeah. really go like over the top with that stuff. And there wasn't much Putin involvement. It was just a lot of like Mackie kind of, playing that role yes yeah like he wasn't as prominent as he probably could have been and i think maybe they will get back to that at some point because right now it was just like 
they've touched on they've touched on you know getting old and immortality and stuff before uh i mean they literally have an episode called you're getting old uh and that's one of the their best episodes so, like they've yeah. touched on this kind of kind of stuff before so it wasn't shocking to for them to go that route i thought they just could have done more with like the putin madness of it all one of my favorite episodes is after the uh the, the war and everything the, the episode i, I forget the, osama bin laden bin laden has farty pants one of the best episodes of all time fucking love that south park episode like that's where they can really go to a next level yeah. as far as like character uh rising uh putin like that yeah i i'm hoping that they're leaving this open for like another episode to go more in on it and go more over the top with it i just don't hope it's like a season long thing because yeah. like like I, I really liked the garrison playing the role of Donald Trump, but that got old after like three or four episodes. Like, that's because they didn't it expect was, Trump to win. Yeah, that's uh, that's also <laughs> true. But I was I really liked it when it first happened, and it was just like it was a law of diminishing returns afterwards. And I think, yeah, they don't expect when things are gonna go longer, but I did think that they left the door open to go back to this. And I, I think they will. I want them to just do more. I want them to do more comedy when it comes to Putin at this point. Yeah. And may, maybe they will. I, the Garrison Trump stuff, like, yeah, that got old very fast. And the fact, like, that's when they were doing serial stuff as well. They're not doing that this season, which is, which is smart. So they can go back to it without, like, hey, we're going to build this entire season around this Russia uh, attacking Ukraine, which would not be good at all. No. Not at all. <laughs> but yeah, you are right. They they kind of have gone back on the the kind of serial season because like I'm still waiting for them to follow up on uh Tolkien's family moving across the street from Integrity Farm. So we're we're yes. like two episodes since then and we haven't really touched on it except for the small, hey, this is Tolkien's house, we're selling it in the last episode. See, that's definitely where I want uh I want them to get, get back to because that's still been the best episode of the season to yeah. me. And I want that, you know, I, I want them to go back there. And I'm sure at some point they will. I wish it would happen sooner rather than later. Um, but overall, a, a good episode of, of South Park this week, I thought. Yeah, I thought it was a good episode and an upgrade from episode three, which I saw thought was the weakest so far. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, Entourage. So we, we talked a little bit about it past when, when McCarthy was on. And then you said you, you were kind of binge watching it a little bit. And I was like, man, I should really rewatch this again. So I messaged you. I said, let's do like, let's start from the beginning and do like weekly episode reviews of Entourage. Let's do two episodes because they're, they're 30 minutes each. We can, we can run yeah. through the series rather quickly. So I watched it. I, I dragged the EP into this. I was like, do you, like, do you want to watch Entourage with me? She, for, for her taste, it's like strictly comedy and comedy that she's seen. She's not going to get into a new show unless I drag her into it. And usually it's like trash reality show. Like we're watching Joe Millionaire. We're watching Love is Blind and stuff. Like she'll she'll get into the trash reality stuff. <laughs> but as far as like new shows, typically not going to get in it unless it's really comedy. I'm like, do you want to watch this? She's like, yeah, I'll give it a chance. I was like, okay. Um, and I, I was like, you're going to hate everybody on this show. Okay. <laughs> like there's, there's not much redeemable qualities <laughs> with a lot of people on this show. Yes. And she's like, well... That doesn't make me feel very good about it. I was like, yeah, like, but here we go. So she watched the first couple episodes with me last night. Um, I have not seen this show in a while. I didn't forget 
how like Hollywood Hollywood this show is, but man, some of this stuff just don't age well when they're talking about, you know, yeah, like why don't you just make out with me and then you could blow vents and like I don't I've never been to California. I don't know how Hollywood works. Maybe it works like this, but man, they really uh don't paint women in the best light here on this show. <laughs> especially early on when they're just like they're all over the place they're just partying they're living the life like that yeah they don't they don't pay it didn't age well as far as their like treatment of women and some of the lines that they say as well but uh i i I did i do like a lot a lot of the uh different uh characters here but mainly for their flaws so yeah i do i do i do see what you're what you were telling the ep I mean that that's fair. Like I I think the characters like they're they're fine. They're funny. Um, and, and they're not not so much relatable. They're they're Hollywood big shots and things like that. But they are very flawed, and I think that's good. You don't need perfect characters and everything. But some of them just don't have like Turtle. Ain't many redeeming qualities about this man in the early seasons. He's <laughs> he's just hanging on. He's hanging on to Vince. You know, he's just buying stuff, blowing a bunch of money. He's just trying to fuck everybody that, that comes around Vince. Drama, like, I, you got, you get you get the little brother syndrome with, with him and everything, even though he's the older brother. <laughs> but you get the less successful brother syndrome with him. Like, that, you feel bad for him at times. You feel bad for Eric sometimes. Vince, I don't know if you feel bad for him or you just think, like, he's kind of an idiot. Uh, maybe, maybe a little bit of both. Ari, you don't. That man has no redeemable qualities. I love Ari. Oh, look, he's great. He, he's fucking fantastic. I, I okay? love Ari because he knows he has no redeemable quality. Yeah. And he accepts it and he flaunts it. He wears it like a badge of honor. He totally understands who he is. Like Eric, especially in the first season, he doesn't really know who he is or what's his role with Vince. So he's kind of like, he's probably the most relatable, especially in the first season, yes. because he's kind of like, the fish out of water that's kind of placed into here because you know you hear the story that he just came out here six months ago he's the especially for me from new york when he Pizza said he's boy. the yeah he's the manager of sabaros i was like yeah. oh, i've been to plenty of sabaros yeah he's from new york i remember the first time i watched this i was like yeah they they, they got they got the new york there. they they threw that in just to just to pop us new york fans so yeah that that would be the most relatable but yeah turtle doesn't have a lot of redeemable qualities. He's kind of just a hanger on. Uh, drama is full of himself, but at the same time, his full of himself is really insecurity. And <laughs> talking about like days gone by and his old past success that is no not here anymore. And he's kind of a hanger on at the same time. So yeah, kind of like the five main characters that kind of describes them the best. Like I would always say, I've always said from like watching the whole season and even in the first season. Vince is probably like the least interesting of the uh, characters because I, I forgot almost like how dumb Vince is like legitimately like he, Adrian Grenier, bless him. But like, I can see why that review in variety was like, this man has trouble walking and talking at the same time when they're walking to the studio to meet with the French director and they run into Wahlberg and everything. The way he walks is so grating to me. I was like, how does this man not know how to walk? Like, in the way he talks, too? Like, he does a great job of playing this aloof idiot <laughs> in, in the show. Like, because, like, he is coming off as a very much an aloof idiot. 
Like, I really forgot how fucking stupid this man is. <laughs> I, love, I love how much you're ripping Vince Amari. This is great. <laughs> yeah, like I, like I said, like, I like uh, pretty much all the characters. The character that I, I dislike the most, especially in the whole entourage, is the face of the entourage. It's Benny Chase, like... Yeah, he, he there are some like more interesting storylines that they do with him, but none of them make you really like him. Like when they get into like season two and he finds his like first main love interest, it's like, how would how do I like him after this? Like, why? <laughs> and then in the first season, like he uh, he's got this one girl who's I, I've seen a bunch of like teams. Don't spoil it. First two episodes. First no, two I'm, episodes. Ta- I'm talking about the first episode. Oh, okay. I'm, okay, I'm okay. talking about the the girl that comes to the um the after party after the premiere. The blonde chick, and she's looking they, for. They Vic. had a different girl in the after party. They love those little pool scenes where everybody gets paired off with a girl. They do this like I do like three times in the first two episodes. They do pool scenes where everybody's just paired off with a different girl. It's like, all right, guys, I get it. You got like, come on. You would probably have more people. I would think. I don't know when they when they pull after they buy the car and Turtles like call two friends, follow me. It's like, all right, come come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> what are we doing here? This is how it works. Is this how it works in Hollywood? Is this how it works? By the way, Vincent Chase is in the in the driver or passenger seat as Turtles there. The girls like don't even recognize him or anything. Maybe they can't see that far, but they don't even recognize that he's just in the passenger seat. He's this big movie star. He's he's in this movie with Jessica Alba, which I don't know if it's any good or not. Variety thinks it sucks. The New York Times thinks he's the next Johnny Depp. Um, but I, I, they range don't of reviews. Yeah, really. <laughs> they're really like that is a huge range of reviews right like variety's over here saying this man can't walk and talk at the same time new york times is saying he's the next johnny Depp. that what are we doing here there's no middle ground on those two things no there's no middle ground at all on uh Vinny chase you either are gonna like him or you're not gonna like him just based on the character that you see but even in some of the reviews and you know even as it goes on it's the same thing like you never know if vince is an actual good actor you don't we never he's get not <laughs> I, I watch him in the show he's not a good actor all right he's not I can tell um, you, he's not a good actor. I, I mean, I would, I would just say that Jeremy Piven is because I literally to this day don't see anyone but Ari Gold when I see Jeremy. Piven. Oh, the the EP thought this was like the Ari Gold show. So <laughs> when when I when I told her like, do you want to watch Entourage? She's like, yeah, sure. And then if you if you watch on HBO Max, they have the the pictures for each like episode, and the first and the picture for episode one is the four of them. You know, yeah. drama uh vince turtle and, and e like it's those four and she sees that and she's like what show is this <laughs> and i'm like baby this is this is entourage and she's like who are these people like these are the four main characters and she's like this is not the show i'm thinking of she goes on imdb and she goes to jeremy piven's imdb and she's like is jeremy piven in this show i was like yeah <laughs> she's like why isn't he on the main photo here and I'm like, well, he's part of it. He's like essentially the fifth person, but these are the four main people. And she's like, I thought he was like the main star of this show. Anytime anybody talks about this show, this is all I know about. It's like Jeremy Pivenson. I don't know who these guys are. She thought Entourage was a completely different show when she saw this photo. She didn't know these four. She's like, where's Jeremy Piven? <laughs> it's his show. It is 100% it his does- show. Because it goes like eight seasons, which is really like nine seasons because there's two yeah. parts of season three. 
but it goes nine seasons after like the end of season two is literally like the 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 stamp that this is becoming Ari Go's show and that season three starts just him taking over this show slowly but surely it becomes more about Ari and what's going on in Ari's life than it is going on with the actual entourage because there's not a lot of interesting things you could do with the entourage but with Ari being this super agent you know running things at this agency but he's not the owner of the agency there's a lot of different things you can go about just from that starting point and they do explore all of that by the end so yeah I do understand why most people say this is the Ari Go show featuring the entourage like Brian said in the chat (laughs) it really and once like Ari pops up on screen I was like see there he is and she's like oh okay and then I was like you're probably not going to like him though he's great but like you're probably not going to like him especially in those first two and no the second episode kind of because we get the one of the most signature catchphrases of Ari go let's talk it out I've used that ever since that episode. That's that's a great line. And but in the first episode, he just comes up to Eric like he's gonna fucking read Matterhorn. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, all he, he's an actor. All he's supposed to do is read scripts all day. Like he can't read a script. <laughs> she she's asking me, she's like, okay, who are these people? She's like, what do they do? I was like, so Vincent is like the movie star. Drama is like his, his brother, who's also kind of a movie star. Turtle is just like a hanger on, and, and E is like sort of his agent. She's like, okay, well, who's Ari? Like, well, he's actually Vincent's agent. She's like, so what does Eric like actually do? It's like, well, he's like his friend, who's also an agent. And then once she she watched it, she she realized how how it played out and everything. But she she had so many questions about all these things, and she's like, is this all they do? Is they just hang around and they just fuck women and everything? Like the the pulsy with the especially the scene where the the one girl is in the pool with, with turtle and she's like oh i'm really hoping to fuck vince and turtle's like oh, look around vince is gone like just make out with me a little bit i'll give you like vince's you know i'll give you his key or something and she's just like that's really nice that's sweet <laughs> just has no time no time for this shit <laughs> like that's so sweet yeah. such, a, such a beautiful moment it's con- it condescending is all good out yeah she's like oh man these people are t- i forgot how many like good cameos and characters there are and by that i mean like recon- recognizable so like leighton meester is justine of gossip girl fame you yeah. have uh smart armstrong who who is the the secretary she's she's from uh uh the oc She's big yes, in the OC. Yes. Love that show. I love those two shows. Uh, Emily. Girl, OC. Oh, oh, you love OC? Dude, oh, yes. My, my, my heart just grew. Uh, that's like <laughs> one of my all-time favorite soap operas. Oh. Like, I, I, yo, I absolutely love the OC. Like, me and my mom used to watch that together. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I remember it used to come on Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Yeah. Yo, we'd be in the crib. I, I'm all day. I, I talk about Christmas during, during the oh, holidays. Yes. Yes. <laughs> all right oh oc might be our next uh, we might have to add revenge. oc to yeah that might be our next revenge we gotta get to entourage i can't do yeah. too many shows at once yeah, i can't yeah. i don't have enough time to do too many shows at once uh but oc might be dude i fucking love oc so smart armstrong is there you have ali larder showing up um ariel kebble is just one of the, the like pool girls and everything there's jessica alba is herself but she's there yeah. as well there's like mark Wahlberg. Uh, he's a, he's a producer up. on it, but yeah, like I forgot how many fucking cameos and just like recognizable faces, whether they're playing themselves or they're playing somebody else are like 
throughout this show. But really, the first episode is like, oh, fuck, Leighton Meester and Samari Armstrong just randomly showing up? Like, all right. Uh, this show, like, it, some of it doesn't age very well. Still, but it hits tremendous. you in the nostalgia. This is yeah, nostalgia yeah. The nostalgia hard. really hits. Still, like really, really good television. Uh, and in the way, uh, the way it, the nostalgia, especially, but also just like fun, dumb television. And it, and it kind of does teach you about like kind of how Hollywood works because you kind of. Yeah, I, I guess I know when I you guess were it telling, works like when this. you were telling wifey, you said like Eric's kind of like the agent. Well, I learned the difference between a manager and an agent through <laughs> Entourage. An agent gets you the movie deals. He's the one that gets you on the commercials, the TV shows, whatnot. The manager basically manages your life. That's yeah. what Eric does. Like he's the one that kind of makes sure he gets to the movie set, make sure that you know the deal gets done. He's the one that's on top of the agent to make sure the agent's doing their job. Like I, I liked how like that dynamic worked, and especially like the first two episodes, you kind of see the teething of how it is for Ari to get used to even dealing with a goddamn yeah. manager. Like he doesn't want to deal with Eric Sorry, at John. all. That's you. <laughs> but he doesn't want to deal with Eric at all. So I love that dynamic in the first few episodes. Yeah, Vin, Vinny can't even make any decisions like without like, Eric got to make all the decisions for him. Vince isn't making any decisions for himself. I love how the first episode ends. He was like, I don't know. You decide. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm an actor. Let me act. You do all that stuff. He's like going to Vegas. He can't figure out if he wants to go to Vegas. With this stuff like he just can't he can't figure out what he wants to do without eric making these decisions and then yeah ari just like doesn't even want to deal with it. it's like dude you've gotta you've gotta figure this shit out i'm not dealing with pizza boy eric over here with this stuff like you gotta do some of this stuff why you keep bringing up the review why you keep bringing up the review <laughs> <laughs> like, like, don't bring it up take him out the car maybe just scratch him like, but don't well, don't have him buy the car, and if he does buy the car, don't tell the the money manager because I'll fucking murder you. Yes, yes, you ever you ever say that? You ever talk about me behind my back? I'll murder you. Yeah, yeah I was like, wow, <laughs> <laughs> that escalated quickly. He's like, I got ears everywhere. Like, don't talk about me when I'm not in the room. I'll fucking kill you. I was I love when Ari gets like that now. It's so hilarious because it's like he goes from zero to one hundred so quick. It does. It really does. Uh, so if you guys want to rewatch Entourage or watch Entourage for uh, the first, you know, the, your first time with us, we're gonna watch two episodes a week. Uh, just kind of, it's gonna be sort of an overarching stuff, but we are gonna try to hone in on things that happen on those two episodes as well. Yeah, a lot of nostalgia from this show. I'm looking forward to continuing this trip down memory lane <laughs> all right all right SVP. you got degrassi dudes to do here in a couple minutes uh then maggie oc oh i've been the oc round table with oh, maggie. oh hell yeah i binged the oc a few years ago and it's still good it's still like, a lot of nostalgia stuff some of it's still yeah but yeah man. But rachel right. bilson rachel bilson by the way aces Oh, oh, absolutely. I'm a, I'm a huge, I'm a huge uh, Seth Cohen fan and yeah. Seth and Summer, one of my favorite couples of They're all right. time. And, and man, that like season one and two are like peak teen drama stuff. Yes. Like it started falls off season three and then we all know what happens at the end of season three, OC fans. And then season four, we don't even want to talk about. So yeah. <laughs> it's still a good ride though, nonetheless. 
uh single blue no panda says thanks for the nba talk on friday mornings hey we appreciate you hanging out buddy now you can follow uh here shortly you'll be able to follow fmc on twitter where we're just gonna spout a bunch of nba hot takes we're just gonna i'm just gonna troll people i'm doing vanity searches and be like all right who who is slandering somebody and let me like quote tweet and just try to dunk on it we had to do like stats and stuff like dumb stats like we're gonna we're gonna build this thing from zero followers and we're gonna get this thing a thousand followers by the by the end of the month. I don't know how, but like we're gonna we're gonna do it. I'm gonna spend so much of my days just like trying to build this account just with hot takes and slander and just like arguing with people with, with quote tweets and everything. That's what I'm gonna do. It's gonna be a very uh very pointless effort in the EBs gonna be like, how do you have this much time? It's like I don't, I just think it's funny at this point so i'm gonna try to try to do it i i don't need to listen to another drew mcintyre interview all right i'm oh, sorry no, no. when you're when you, when you, when you're on the bathroom you get some time to sit down on the toilet and you know just scroll just scroll that's the best time that's how that's how i start my morning sometimes it's just scrolling through social media to start my day while i'm in the bathroom and then come out and i feel refreshed because i saw all the trash and negativity of social media and now we get to join in it usually i just watch it now i get to join in it with the ffc twitter account yeah joel says jeremy posted three articles today what's going on giant twitter war yeah man, i'm trying to start nba twitter wars all right three articles come on now i definitely do more than that if i'm down to three articles then then something's definitely wrong sp3 let the people know where they can find you at well, you can see me in about five minutes on the Grassy Dudes right here on the Fight Pool Overbook YouTube channel. So stay tight. You just stay on the channel and then it's going to pop up. We'll be live in a bit. And of course, at True Hill SP3, all my other stuff are there. I won't have to go through everything. Uh, check out, you know, support SP3, follow SP3. Check out the Grassy Dudes here coming up on, on Fight Flow Overbooked. We, we also have Coexisting at 3 p.m. Eastern with uh, Rob and Maggie. Everyone check that out. Uh, Maggie, Maggie, pop it up in the chat here. We love you, Maggie. You can check that out. 3 p.m. Mission right here on Fight Flow Overbooked. Um, if you haven't already, uh, check out the, the Pillar to Post show. I thought that was one of the, the best things we've done here on the channel. I, I think everybody really had a good time, and I got good feedback on that. So I hope everybody enjoyed that. Yeah, well, I'm going to try to do that bi-weekly with a, a roundtable of guests. SB3 is probably going to be a regular on that. So we will... We'll, we'll keep doing I told, that. I told to a wifey, we're going to have to invest in the marker board. So I'm really, <laughs> I'm, I, y'all don't know how much of a big fan I was of Woody Page on Around the Horde. I want to be the black Woody Page. He was, he was the best. Um, yeah. So, so we're probably, we're probably going to be doing that a, uh, again, bi weekly. I'd like to do. Um, and check out all the other stuff we got going on on Fightful Overbook. Check out the spotlight. Appreciate the support. As always, we'll be back next week burning down the nba spouting off hot takes we're gonna we're gonna build this thing up through twitter it's gonna be tremendous <laughs> bye everybody appreciate y'all <laughs>